0: If you are ready to live grounded in a deeper sense of life's purpose, meaning, and direction, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Transform Your Life, a unificationist podcast, brought to you from our studio in Westchester County, New York, 15 miles north of New York City. We share insights and talk with knowledgeable guests on how to cultivate positive mental health and emotional well-being in the midst of cultural confusion and social unrest. And now, here are your hosts, Jack and Idris.
1: Hi, and welcome to the show. My name is Jack. And my name is Idris. Jack and I are your co-hosts today.
2: That's right, Idris. It's our first episode, and uh, I'm pretty excited. And uh, tell them by the look on your face here on our Zoom call together, it looks like you're, you're feeling pretty juiced up as well. Is that right? Yeah, I'm excited. Exciting. That's great. Exciting. That's great. Well, for the listeners tuning in for the first time, in episode one, Idris and I are going to be talking about the hidden dimensions of racial tensions in America. We'll be looking at ways to ease heightened psychological and emotional trauma being experienced by Americans today, particularly in light of the unfortunate killing of unarmed African-American George Floyd back on May 25th while he was in the custody of four Minneapolis police officers. Towards the end of the show, we will introduce a unique idea aimed at healing this emotional trauma in the United States. So, uh, Idris, there's been a lot's been going on since uh, May 25th. You and I have been following this pretty closely. We've had a lot of talks about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I have some differing views a little bit uh, regarding Black Lives Matter and its efficacy and or its uh, detriment for the society right now.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, But I think that's really complex and it's hotly debated right now. And I think rather than get into that, Mm -hmm. uh, it would be good for us to more focus on this very interesting idea that sort of coalesced as a result of you and I having a couple of conversations about the tension that's being experienced between whites and Mm African-Americans right now. Yeah. So I know that, uh, was it two years ago or last year that you wrote a book on, on co- how to resolve conflict? Was that two years ago or three years ago? How long ago did you write that book? No, it was two years ago. Uh, yeah. the, book, the book was published, um, you know, early
1: 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been almost
2: two years. Right. I've read the book. I think it's great. Uh title of the book is The Greatest Virtues Are Peace, Unity, and Forgiveness. So obviously we thought a lot about this. Mm -hmm. and i understand you teach conflict resolution courses at a seminary in new york city as well so uh i'd like to ask you you know we've talked so i'd like you to share a little bit about the things we've talked about regarding how you see the current conflict in america regarding uh the racial tensions between whites and african americans in society how do you how do you frame it and how do you look at it from from your perspective
0: okay
1: thank
2: you jack sure um well First
1: of all, um, I want to I, I thank you for giving me a chance to share a little bit about my book. So um, the main theme in my book is uh, how do we transform uh, pain into love? Okay, mm-hmm. And I know this, is, this seems to be a foreign concept for many people. But reality is, um, you know, regarding the situation we're facing in America, and uh, I I primarily by talking about I don't pr- I don't see it as a, a you know exactly I don't picture as a you know factually pictures as a race issue per se. Um, of course, that's one factor. It's, it's it's a major factor. I'm not trying to lesser that factor, but I'm trying to go deeper beyond the racial factor factor of it. So I'm looking at um, you know. When there is a problem between a black person and a white person, what is really going on? Um, that's what the book is really talking about. The book's going to know what is going on beyond the factual element. So, one aspect is anger, mm-hmm. okay, and the other one is fear, okay? So, there are two energies there that cannot actually connect and harmonize
2: fear and anger. Well I think we see a lot of we've seen a lot of, mas- a lot of manifestations of the anger yeah. uh, from May 26th the day after this really was set off by the unfortunate death of George Floyd and uh, a lot of this anger is uh, has appeared to be to me rather ugly and mm-hmm. it's manifested itself you know through violence and through destruction of property yeah and so I think, guess you're talking about that right that aspect of the anger yes exactly uh uh-huh. mm-hmm. Those-
1: get hurt. The problem in our society, we haven't taught people what to do with their pain, right? So anger is actually um, the manifestation of pain. So when people are hurt, usually, you know, there's a whole paradigm of flight and flight there, right? (laughs) So people fight or flight. So, and a lot of time, anger has something to do with fighting back. Or even cutting the relationship off. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. So deeper, that's really what's going on. So anger become a manifestation of people internal, you know, internal. What is happening in their internal life? Like uh, that that is manifested in their behavior.
2: Yeah, but I mean, okay. So, but I mean, I think, you know, practically speaking, if you were to talk to a lot of the angry protesters right now who are very upset at the injustice that they they see as having been systemically set up in america i think a lot of them would not say the reason why they're angry and upset and acting the way they are is because they're experiencing pain i think they would say the reason why we're doing this is because we are pissed at the way that we have been wronged and Mm -hmm. unjustly treated i'm not in any pain here i want justice this is my anger
1: yeah, I mean, that, that, again, that's a denial of reality, of internal reality, because it's hard for people to look at themselves. It's much easier to blame somebody else for what's happening, and um, and 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 I and in my experience is it's much even it's even harder when you don't do a self-reflection on what's really happening within yourself. That's why you will see in many of those protests people people actually getting into violence because the next thing when you're angry. You can feel it in your the tone of the vo- your voice. Uh-huh. Okay, it's a psychological thing that is happening. It's even biological. You can feel it in the tone of voice, but also in your in in the way you act toward you know other people. So so people screaming and and in the tone of their voice, you can feel a kind of energy, and that energy is anger. And um, you know, you can deny it, but reality is unless you look deeper within yourself. You will not be able to actually uh, address the issue with a, with a, with another energy because that energy of 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 get, uh, anger has to be processed in a way that it come out differently so that people because that energy when when you meet a white person and then you say Black Lives Matter and then you are protesting if you are if you have an anger energy with you. What is created right there in the, in the other person is fear uh, yeah and and, <sighs> and you will see they will actually react over, over that too so so it's, there is here the two energies going on fear and anger and and it, and the result is always damaging for both sides okay so well, what, we are, what we're proposing into this book mm. how to transform pain into a sacred
2: gift to heal others. Yeah. Okay, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on in the show about yeah. a special uh, project that we think could be very helpful. But let, let, So I, I think uh, our listeners could easily grasp the, the idea of what anger looks like when it manifests itself. But, you, but, but well, let's talk a little bit about the fear aspect. When you say that there's two energies going on here, there's the anger energy. Well, that, that seems to be rather easy to take a look at. People get angry, they, you know, they start fighting with each other or, Mm-hmm. You know, and destroying things, you know, because they're, you know, they're they're so upset. But when you talk about fear, what, what exactly are you talking about? Uh, that there's the energy of fear. Fear of what? How did, how is that manifesting itself? You
1: know, we you know the reality is when you look at the when you look at history, you will see, um, you know, reality. A lot of white people um, know consciously know that they have done something wrong. The black people in general, not even even if it's not them directly, maybe their ancestors. Uh-huh, yeah. So that's actually sitting somewhere in the subconscious of people. So so there there is there that that even that you know aspect of not you know of you know having that experience in the past and in the, the ancestral aspect of it will naturally you know create you know a, a energy that oh how bad if we were completely wrong and people who are protesting now are coming after us for that?
2: Uh, right? it's, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so something is happening there for people to not even be aware of what's happening in them.
2: You know, it's a very good point. I want to share a little story. But when I was yeah. in, I think, fifth grade, no, yeah. sixth grade, yeah. I was like 12 years old. And uh, I grew up in a small town in upstate New York and yeah. uh, it was largely white people. Mm-hmm. It's right, it's right below the Canadian border, one hour South of Montreal, Canada, very small town. However, that yeah. town had a, had a, <clears throat> what they called back in the, when I was in school then in the 1960s called the SAC, the SAC air force base. It was a strategic air command air force base because this was at the height of the cold war between the United States and Russia. So they had, B-52 bombers, and it, the, they had hundreds of acres of land with these big jets on them and all these guard dogs and fences and everything, because this was really, there was a lot of fear in relation to the Cold War. Yeah. So the only non-white people that we ever saw in our schools yeah. were from parents who had been transferred to the Plattsburgh Air Force Base from other states. Yeah and uh so I remember I saw like uh, Asian people for the first time that that Asian person who came to our school. His parents had been transferred from some other state, not not new York yeah and also there was there was a a black a black person who I met and became friends with. I remember his name, his name was Eugene Saunders, yeah and him and I used to love to run, and he that sucker would always beat me by one step all the time when we ran and I used to be so mad at him. <laughs> so anyway, we became kind of good friends. And one day I decided to bring him home to my house. Yeah. I can't even remember why, but I brought him home after school. Yeah. And my mom happened. Unfortunately, she was uh, resting on the couch at that time taking a nap. Anyway, I kind of mm-hmm. woke her up and then I introduced Eugene to her. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I don't remember exactly what happened. However, after that happened, my parents told me to never bring him back to the house ever again. Yeah. And, and, and they told me that I could not be friends with him. Yeah. Did you ask your parents why? I kept, I, I I couldn't understand first of all, why they said that. So I asked him, I said, well, you, you hardly even know him. He's a good friend of mine. We we do a lot of running and in school Mm -hmm. and uh, we compete in athletics and, yeah really like him a lot, and no matter how many times I asked them why, yeah. I never got a straight answer, yeah from them, okay yeah and I'll tell you by the time i wasn't by the time I graduated from high school, yeah, I feared black people, yeah yeah I didn't actually have that yeah.
1: was that here was transferred to you it was transferred to you um because you know, they they also actually um, uh, un- entertain that that energy in them, and and and, it, and it's transferable for sure, and in uh, that, that that that's definitely much clearly with the story. What I am trying to say. What is what a powerful story, Jack?
2: Yeah, it's amazing, right? Oh, yes. And I didn't know why. I didn't know why I feared them. Well, I mean, sometimes I did because, my God, they just looked like if they, if I fought with them, they just they looked so big and so strong that they would just kill me, you know? So there was that kind of bodily fear, right? But psychologically, yeah. I feared them too.
1: Yeah. You know? So the issue is happening psychologically, for sure, because a lot happened in history, and, and we can just brush it away like that because it's, it's part of, Part of consciousness the white people consciousness and unless something is done to build the relationship trustful relationship
2: nothing constructive will happen between black and white I'll tell you it's another sure another story I I worked at a midtown Manhattan hotel for a number of years in security so we it was kind of a rough rough area in the city and uh, you know part of what we had to do was make sure people who were trying to enter the elevators to go up to the hotel rooms belonged in the hotel right yeah. So we would, we would ask them for their hotel key cards. You know, sometimes people who were, uh, you know, they could be white, they could be black, they could be yellow. Sometimes they say, why are you asking me for my key card? You know, like, but uh, oftentimes uh, African-Americans who came in, they, they seemed to, to more, and not just with white officers, but even with black officers, they would say, why are you stopping me? Because I'm black? They would say something like that. So um, – I had this experience once this uh, one guy came up to me after uh, I saw him watching our, our officers asking people for key cards and he came up to me I was standing behind the security desk in the lobby and he said uh, who's who's the manager of these guards right now I said oh I am and he said well uh, I want to see your training manuals and I want to t- I want to talk to you right now and I said well what's going on he said I've been watching your officers and they the only people they're stopping are black people asking them for their key cards we're letting all the white people go by right? So he, he wasn't, he was about my height and, uh, you know, medium build. He wasn't, I didn't feel physically threatened by him at all, but he seemed pretty sharp. I, I, the way he was talking, I felt like he might be a lawyer, right? So I was a little bit nervous about that. So I, I said to him, so I started to explain to him what, what, you know, why we were doing what we were doing and this and that. And no matter what I said to him, it just, it didn't matter to him what I said. He just kept saying, your training is wrong here. Your people are not being professional. I want to see your training manuals and I'm going to be making a complaint about Mm -hmm. this hotel. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think we went, uh, so, you know, we went back and forth for a few minutes and then all of a sudden, for some reason he mentioned, I can't remember exactly what happened, Mm -hmm. but he mentioned that he was in, he was in New York because his daughter was graduating from NYU Mm -hmm. that weekend. That's why he was here in the city. Right. So, Right away, I said to him, oh, my daughter graduated from NYU three years ago. She really mm-hmm. had a good experience there. Yeah. And you know what happened? Yeah. Right in that moment, he completely shifted. Yeah. he It's like he completely forgot <laughs> what he was talking to me about. That's and right. then we just started talking. About, we just started having a normal conversation. Yeah. I can't even remember what it was, but eventually... He walked away, and it was like we never had the prior conversation. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, we, we made a connection with each yeah. other and found yeah. something in common. And when yeah. that happened, all that stuff just went away. That's right.
1: You know, it's a good point. You know, Nelson Mandela talk about, uh, they call it Ubuntu. Mm. Ubuntu is the term for humanity, so, the you know, common humanity. So no matter who you meet in life, no matter what happened between you in the past or what, what, no matter what might happen in the future, if you can connect to that human part or even human spirit with another person, right there, there is transformation. So transformation is not a complex process. Mm. It's the human connection. And sometimes you need to find a common Thing that you both care about or oh, you know you need to listen to that person to understand their pain so you connect with them to a, in a deeper level that's that's what uh, that's what where transformation start and anything become possible when we actually connect from that dimension in that dimension
2: so connection getting getting connection, I mean there's so many from my experience, my life experience there there are tens of thousands, if not millions of white people who have not had intimate close reactions with, with African Americans and vice versa. There yeah. seems to be, although it's much, much better in fact uh, it, it, there, there clearly is more the The divide has been decreased yeah. since the civil rights era, but there mm-hmm. still are I think there still is a lot of fear. If you yeah. don't really meet with someone and interact with them, then you're going to, you're going to be anxious anyway. But if there is, yeah. if there is an unconscious sort of uh, you know, burden that yeah. uh, white people bear because of the history of slavery in the United States, yeah. and if African Americans themselves may be you know, not processing their pain properly about what has happened right. to them in their own lives, then when they do come in contact with each other, yeah, it can it can be pretty volatile. Exactly, it can be it can be pretty pretty intense.
1: You know, we you know I, in Africa. I mean, where I grew up, I didn't mm-hmm. see any white person growing up. And of course, when I um, when I you know in when I went to college, uh, I had a chance to interact with some you know it's very few white people. You know, you don't see them very often. And usually, when they're there, they just you know come from their their missions or. It's, there's no friendship per se. Mm-hmm. I can tell, you know. Honestly speaking, Jack, you are my, you are my first white, you know, best friend, because for <laughs> over five years we we meet almost every week basically to, yeah. to talk about a lot of stuff like that. So this kind of thing build trust relationship between us. But to be honest with you, when I came here first, um, you know, I was I was a little bit reluctant to connect with white people because, of course, in the back of my mind, I have a feeling that I have, I, I won't be accepted by these people in, in their world, you know. <sighs> so because of history, you know, because what we are taught, white people basically, um, they don't really uh, appreciate about black people. They have, <clears throat> there is a complex of superiority in black, in white people looking at black people as uh, not complete human beings. So lower, looking at lower in a lower sense of, you know, the term. Mm -hmm. So that, that means that the relationship is always a problem. Um, So, you know, so then people, we, we, we tend to actually, uh, be reserved. That's the word I was looking for. Mm -hmm. We black people in general, especially Africans, we are reserved Mm -hmm. and observing to see, if the person who is coming to connect with us is a person who is genuine and authentic in the relationship. Because the history, white people went to Africa to exploit, to, um, to mistreat, colonize, and take things that they want from Africa without uh, caring for Africans. So that, that's part of also the African mindset. You know? And that, that wall needs to be actually dismantled in the same way slavery and and segregation become a wall between uh between african American and the white people in america so those 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 are walls that and, it, and and those walls we can destroy basically if we start building trustful relationship by listening to one another by taking time to actually heal the pain of the past and the present, so we can actually rise together to a higher ground
2: yeah I think it's uh it's really important, that, and particularly at this time, for sure. Well, let me ask you also, since you've come to, how many, you've been living here now for five years, you said? No, I've
1: been here for, you know, since 2008.
2: Um, oh, okay, so. so 12 so, years. Yeah. Okay.
1: But so, I knew you for by five years. Jack. Right,
2: that's right. You were mentioning yeah. about five, we got mm-hmm. to know each other from five years ago. Yeah. In your ex- in your observations since you've come here from as a, as a black African from Africa, and uh, coming here and living in the United States, ha- have you seen evidence of of uh, this kind of racial discrimination and disrespect and and uh, yeah, uh, bad bad yeah. feelings? Have you have you, have you encountered it? And have I, you encountered racism yourself since yeah, you've come I, here? I did. I did. One
1: one one that I I exactly remember. Um, was <laughs> was a, a girl that I know I mean she's I mean a you know she's she's half Japanese half American mm-hmm. Um she she was born and grew up here and we we start having I we start having some some kind of give-and-take and take and, um, and somehow she got pre- something happened uh, which i 'm not even sure exactly what it was she she has probably some kind of expectation mm-hmm. that that i couldn't uh, maybe come you know res- you know come through, and she got pretty mad at me and she she actually uh told me go back go back to your this America is not your home go back home wow, yeah um you know when she said that uh it hit me hardly honestly speaking mm um because this is not this is this is very common you you hear from from a lot of people who who feel that they love america more than immigrant you know people who came here later and um and i was i was reflecting on that i mean you know after that i know she she also going through a lot you know i uh-huh. understand that um but for somebody to come out with this kind of uh, you know harsh term because they're angry uh, or frustrated about something can be very very um challenging and um and it wasn't the first time it was i think maybe a couple of times that was that happened um and i i reflect on it and i i am like yeah some people definitely see you as not uh part of their their world like they don't believe you are you love America as they love America. You don't believe that you care for America as they care for America. Mm-hmm. So, and then it goes easily to the political dimension, uh, where people always pointing the finger on the other groups saying that this, that this, uh, these are the destroyer of our country. Uh, yeah. Those are the Democrats. Oh, they, you know, and, the, and then they're going to destroy the country. Oh, the other side. Oh yeah. The Republican, they 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 don't care, you know. So this kind of uh, the you know narratives going on, yeah. And and I I to be honest, if I didn't say that I get hurt by her um, her comment, it was very hurtful. But you know, I have to process my own pain, you mm-hmm. know, because it's my responsibility. And um, and and later she she did apologize later. Mm-hmm. and say that she's sorry for what what happened and then i said yeah of course um you know i forgive and i'm also sorry for what happened um but again it gave you a you know and it gave you kind of kind of a clear sign that not everybody is where you think they are
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's very it's it's a very challenging uh situation. Human relations and particularly between races. Uh we've seen a lot of this uh evidenced historically with so much yeah. conflict. Yeah. But I, I think going back a little bit to something you touched on earlier, and that is about processing pain. Yeah. And healing uh psychological and emotional trauma and pain, yeah. I think this is this is really important uh because I, I, I always like to say that. You know, uh, the road to hell can be paved by good intentions. You know, you can, you can have good intentions to do something, but it's, it the way in which you go about it, yeah, and how you proceed yeah. to try to get the, the results that you'd like to get mm-hmm. uh, is really really important. Because if the seed, if the seed, I believe, if the seed starts out with with resentment, yeah, primarily and anger, yeah, if that's the seed of the impetus. For yeah. moving forward to bring about change, and I think that that seed will bear unfortunate fruit. Yeah. So uh, if we look at uh, going forward with the, the, you know, of course the media blows up the tension and the 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 the, the perception of the polarization is really accentuated by the media because they they tend to just, it, you know. Uh, very dramatic video slices of video tends to get more people to look at it than yeah. than two people who are shaking hands and hugging saying that they really they forgive and love each other so there 's there's an element there 's many fa- factors yeah. involved in of in the, in the the manifestation of the racial tensions but I think you know focusing in this area mm-hmm. of how uh, whites and African Americans can more effectively process their pain, as you and I were talking about this. A couple of weeks ago, we yeah. some kind of idea came forward, and that was what about what about if like I think you were you were talking you told me once to look at a a, a video clip of Steve Harvey, the TV yeah. host, who recently made a trip back to Ghana mm-hmm. to uh, visit his homeland, and it had a profound effect on him because yeah. he had never been there before. He grew up in the United States, and uh, maybe yeah. you could talk about that a little bit later. But the point yeah. being that if If white people in America who don't have, who haven't had much relationship with with black people in America Mm -hmm. and vice versa for for black Africans in America or African Americans who haven't had a lot of interactions with whites. It would be nice if there were ways in which they could connect with each other on a deeper level Mm -hmm. than just what they have to experience out of necessity in the Mm -hmm. culture that they live in. And when and I were talking about this in regards to how th- each of their hearts could open up more to one another and I, I and I, I think that it it really goes to what you were talking about how can they more genuinely respect and appreciate one another their mm-hmm. humanity right mm-hmm. and then how can they really acknowledge and accept what they are and what may have happened in the past and how can right. they transform that and move beyond it. So we were talking about something called the the Forgiveness Bridge Ceremony Project. And Mm -hmm. maybe you could, uh, from your perspective, you could share a little bit about what that means to you in terms of addressing these hidden dimensions of fear Mm -hmm. and uh, psychological tension underlying the the conflicts with the races.
1: Yeah. So first of all, we have to understand that there, there is individual pain and there is a collective one. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the collective pain is the whole racial things that, that actually um, uh, in involve the white, the African American and the Africans. This is a collective issue. Mm-hmm. So to actually help process better that collective, let me use the, the religious term scene, mm-hmm. <laughs> collective scene of humanity, we have to actually go back where it started, okay? Now, if it's an individual matter, you know, you, Jack, and I can sit down and talk about it and process things because what I can do is to help you be aware of your pain Mm -hmm. so you can name your pain. You can name what kind of feeling is coming out of it. Okay, right now I'm feeling angry. You can name your pain. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling I'm scared. So then when you name from there, you, you own it. And when you own it, Process, the process the healing process start from there okay that's an individual level but from the collective perspective when we have to involve what we call um, in the ritual the ritual the ritualistic aspect has to be part of it mm-hmm. because when you put ritual into it it it, it, it doesn't just address the individual it addresses the collective okay so that project uh, comes came from the idea that we can address the collective pain of black, white, and Africans in Africa. Mm. So the, the the idea is we go we 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 take a treat, We, we can identify a few people uh, here in America who are willing to take that the, that that journey with 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 you know the black and white and African to take that journey. So we go to Gore Island, which is which was the center of of uh, slavery for two decades. So we visit to, to see to see what really happened. This actually create the foundation already for this ceremony. What we, our term use here is forgiveness ceremony that we're gonna take, which is like uh, going in Ivory Coast a couple of hours from, uh, from Senegal in the airplane. So when we get there, we want to involve elder in the process. So the elders of the community will come, and then we're going to sit together and actually talk about what happened to a point that we reach a situation where Black people in America has to go through what we call slavery segregation. This painful experience, we need to revisit where it started. Mm. And in that sense, we African, we have to play our role as African to allow actually is you know create a condition for white people to be able to apologize to the black people because they came to us for to give to you know and ask us to give some of our brothers and sisters to them you know uh, of course there is a debate about it that um you know uh it was it was you know the white people tricked the africans um in africa to get their brothers and sisters and put into no matter what happened, even if we were tricked or whatever happened, uh-huh. even if we were intentionally done, the main point here is not to focus on that. The main point is to focus on healing. Okay? So we, Africans, will have to apologize to our brothers and sisters, african American for the pain we caused by actually allowing slavery to happen. Well, this is,
2: I mean, t- this is a pretty radical uh statement that you've just made i i, I don't hear m- very many people discussing race uh the release of racial tension and the healing between whites and Afri- and black africans in america through having africans on the african continent uh state that they they had something to do with what actually happened to the black people who were taken to America. So, so you're actually saying that there's some culpability on the African continent that needs to be acknowledged. We, we
1: have to take responsibility. That's what I say. This is a collective problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a collective pain because um, we have to take responsibility. If we don't, then we are not helping solving the problem. And I strongly believe when we get involved, because we were involved in the beginning, so that we can create a condition for healing to happen. And I know as African, I can tell now, oh, you know what, I don't care. I, I wasn't involved, too. that was like, like many, many uh, centuries ago. I, I don't right. care, my ancestors, I don't even know my ancestors were involved in whatever. And then keep going, but it, in what way? In what way that will solve the issue that's going on right now? So, I have to take responsibility for my brothers, African American, for the pain they go through and going through, the suffering they're going through, so that healing can happen. And um, you know, when somebody is bleeding, you want to heal. You want you want to make sure that the bleeding stops right yeah it's not about who actually hurt you how that person hurt you which the person did it intentionally or unintentionally that's
2: secondary right, right? okay so yeah, yeah yeah so so i just want to make sure i've i understood so far what you're what you're sort of framing here so the uh, Interested white people in America who would like to have a better relationship with African Americans in America, and get to know them better,
1: yeah.
2: would would be uh, recruited, and they would be uh, they would be uh, prepared to go to a trip to Africa, exactly. with with like-minded African Americans who yeah. then who would also like to have a better relationship with yeah. white people, yeah. and and overcome any pain. And animosity that they may be feeling on an individual level
1: yeah
2: and those those people could be paired up together here in the America and then be prepared for that trip and then they would go to Africa yeah and then they would actually be involved in a in a in a program which would involve rituals and ceremonies and activities that would be giving an opportunity for them to learn about their histories collectively and yeah. to and to get closer to each other by experiencing that history. So I'm up yeah. to that point. Then you're saying that there'd be, there with with elders in in Africa, they would be, uh, facilitating taking. So so let's take it from there. So they're there, they're paired up. They're really looking for this opportunity to to heal their any any uh collective pain. So you're yeah. saying that part of that is go ahead. Continue from there. So What's actually probably- going to happen? Yeah. Yeah.
1: What, what's going to happen is we get to the, to the community, to the, village, right. to the village, and when we get there, you know, we're going to have a gathering. Mm-hmm. And in a gathering, uh, the elders, you know, someone, this, you know, who's uh, the spokesperson, right. uh, you know, representing the elders, will come to us and ask, you know, what is, what is the purpose of our visit in the village? And a spokesperson from his side will explain to the spokesperson representing the elders that we are here because there is a problem that we want to solve. Mm -hmm. And that problem now, they will ask, what is that? And we will explain that far, long, long ago, if you want, you can use the term once upon a time, (laughs) (laughs) you know. So once upon a time, our African-American brothers were actually uh, took from the continent and brought to the Americas, right. and in that process, they went through pain and suffering, and uh, all kind of uh, you know pain and suffering in the process. And the issue is still going on up today in in America. So we are here to actually have the wisdom of the elders how we can actually end this, you know. He, you know, heal that pain that is been going on for too long now.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? And um, and the elders will say, well, okay, um, as it is in Africa, first tell us the truth about what happened. Mm-hmm. Now you see the you see where things are happening. And here, when we say in African tradition, when you say tell the truth, we are talking about to tell what is going on within yourself. Uh-huh. It's not trying to be right and prove somebody wrong. That's actually something part of the Western culture. <laughs> you know, in the Western culture, the truth comes from reason. Okay, mm-hmm. you have to reason logically why something is black and the other is wrong, uh, uh, white. But in African culture, you talk about the story, you tell a story to express what you're feeling. Mm hmm. Now we're going to ask, um, you know, maybe the African and the African will tell the story and say, we are, uh, we are actually feeling very sorry because several hundred centuries ago, we actually give our brother and sister to, to the white people and they went through tremendous suffering and they're still going through it. So we want to say sorry to our brothers who is going through this. We want to apologize to him. We want him to forgive us for what happened. We made, we actually were in fault by actually allowing this to happen. It should have never happened. We right. are so sorry. Okay. So now we're gonna have the white peoples who are there. Right. After we said that, we say, okay, can you tell us your truth? What is the truth there? And they will say, well, we came here because we needed people, I mean, I, to bring and take them and go walk, work in the, you know, maybe uh, cotton plantations or whatever. Yeah. But during that process, you know, we mistreated them. We mistreated them and we actually created a system where they're going through a lot of injustice right now, a lot of difficulties in America. And we want to say we are sorry for that. We are sorry for the pain we caused to them. Okay? And then now the African-American will say, what is the story there? And now he will take, the you know, African-American will say, well, we went through this, this, this. We went through suffering. We went through pain. We went through all this. And then we all together, we say, we are sorry for the pain we caused to you. Please forgive us. Mm-hmm. Please forgive us. Please forgive us. And when that happened, that happened, it can be very, very moving, I tell you. Yeah. This happened, we all come together and embrace each other. Mm -hmm. And when we embrace each other, we're going to put some traditional African music and everybody's going to dance together. (laughs) Uh, You know, and then we're going to dress up all the white people like Africans. And um, (laughs) then we can dance together and heal. You know, sometimes in the Western world, people actually mocked that process. They say, right. oh no, nice, it's kumbaya forgiveness. But they don't understand that there is a process there. Mm-hmm. People don't just come and say, yeah, let's dance kumbaya. No. There's a process, healing process first, before we get into dancing.
2: Yeah. Well this is uh we're uh it looks like we're we're coming up to towards the end of the show. But I mean I think that uh, yeah you know with you and I talking about this I think this is an amazing Uh, You know learning learning about your roots and learning the truth about your roots is really important Yeah, and by finding you know There are many many organizations in America that are trying very hard even desperately to help bridge this problem but yeah, I think this this project uh, if it gets proper funding could really be an exciting project where where you actually would pair whites and African Americans in America yeah. Pair them up as teams to go to Africa and have this experience. I think it would be very,
1: yeah.
2: you know, at the minimum, informative and educational, at the maximum, tra- transformative for yeah. for white people and, and, and the, for the,
1: the,
2: yeah. The, the
1: power about this is when they come back home, when yeah. they come back to America, they can speak with an authentic voice. Yeah, because they experience something that will never ever go away. Yeah. so they can speak from there, and that will actually, you know, touch the collective consciousness. That's why we call it a collective healing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It will attach the collective consciousness so that we can actually even multiply this and invite yeah. more people to experience it. Yeah. And as, as we do that several times, um, you know, Americans' consciousness will evolve, you know, and we can actually uh, address this issue at its roots, not just by changing policies and law and rules and regulations, but also by addressing the spiritual and emotional dimension of Mm -hmm. this.
2: Yeah, I think it's very, very powerful. And uh, I I think uh, we'll we'll keep our audience updated as to uh, future progress on such a project playing itself out. Um, I think that uh, we pretty much come to uh, the end of the show. I was thinking right as you were talking towards the end that, because this is an ongoing issue still, yeah. even though it's been almost two months uh, yeah. since the, the flare-up started, you know tensions are still high, there's still violence going on, and yeah. there's still a lot of protest, and there's a lot of nasty things being said and done uh, between people. Then maybe in our next episode we could talk a little bit about the models in the past of, of, of protest movements yeah. that have been able to affect positive change with a minimum amount of violence and destruction yeah. of, of property, yeah. and also the loss of life as well. Like, how? What, what, are, what are the what are the principles and the, the the elements that that have gone into those type of uh, transformations?
1: Yeah, by and, people and who have modelled this. It's a very good point because this is a natural transition to the next to this yeah. to the, what you just said. Because even even again in African tradition, you become an elder when you are able to actually go through that kind of. Uh, when you can actually transform your pain into into um, um a gift to heal the world right. then you become. that's the criteria to become an elder so then mm. when you're actually out there in society you can actually help younger people as an elder to to actually uh, uh bring them into something beautiful yeah. but um but but it doesn't just happen you can just wake up one morning and say i'm an elder you have to go through what we call um a in a, a you know, rite of passage and, right. and that's that's part of it
2: okay very good all right well until next time our listening listening audience listening to episode number one for transform your life a unification perspective we're so thankful you were with us today and we look forward to seeing you next time good night Thank you, and bye bye-bye
0: if you enjoyed the show be sure to subscribe to be notified about any upcoming episodes And please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening and share it with your friends. Be sure to check out the archive section on our website, transformyourlifepodcast.com and check us out on Facebook and Twitter too. Join us next time for another edition of Transform Your Life, A Unificationist Podcast. This has been a PR Web Design production. Thanks so much for listening.